the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. And hello, my friends. Yes, indeed, it is time for the Align with Zion Hour, a broadcast that we do the last Saturday of every month. The Align with Zion Hour puts me in a place called Jerusalem with my friend Anarina Chaiman. Anarina is an Orthodox Jewish teacher, a remarkable one, and I'm a Gentile Bible teacher. And we put those two together and we go through what she would call the Tanakh, and uh, I call the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and we have just a wonderful time. Hello, Anarina. Hi, Kaz. A very warm welcome here from, uh, hello here from Jerusalem. Um, I think we're all in very interesting times here in Israel and with you guys there. So we're going to have a very interesting session uh, yes. this hour, this coming hour. And my friends, one of the things we like to do, we pay very close attention to the feasts and festivals and also biblical days, and we're approaching, we're in the midst of the introduction of an entirely new month. This would be called Nisan, uh, and in in many ways it's identified as the first Hebrew month of the year. I'm going to hand this over to Anarina because she's got, she gave me a list of bullet points and if I don't let her get to them, we may never attend to those things. <laughs> so, Honorina, go ahead and I'll do color commentary as you go. Honorina Hyman, Align with Zion. Thank you, Kaz. Uh, the, the listeners know already also, you know, that everything for me is about that alignment, about that order, about getting people into their places, uh, placing people within where they need to be, also within the governmental dynamics by which God governs his world. And this month, so much more than any other month, plays such a tremendous role. So when we are broadcasting this, we just passed the first of Nissan. Uh, a very, very important month. But just before Nisan comes in, we have from the 23rd of Adar, we, uh, it's still coming, but when we uh, got a broadcast, it's, it's already passed. The 23rd of Adar, uh, which is the 19th of March this year, is the seven days leading up to the Mishkan, the tabernacle. And we know that Moses has to build the whole tabernacle every day for seven days. And then on the eighth day, it kicks in on the first of Nisan, this service. And that means that God's indwelling presence came down on the first of Nisan for the first time into this world, into his nation. Um, so that was such a tremendous and that's such an um, important day. So all of that happening and happened on the first of Nisan. It's yes. also the new year of kings. 
God says, this will be the first for you. you we will see that this thing is going to have a golden thread to what we're going to speak today about as well. He says, my son is the first for you. And uh, in Hebrew, it's Lachem. Now, if you take the Lamed and the Chaf and the Mem and you shuffle them around, you get the word Melech, which is king. So this is also the, the new year for kings, when kings' reigns are being counted from this month onwards. So it's, uh, it's very important as well. But Kat, as we saw that it was the beginning of the Mishkan, the tabernacle, the first one that was built, we also see that on the first of Nisan, the first uh, group of people uh, came, um, exiles came back from Babylon with Ezra and Nehemiah, Nehemiah, and that's when they started to build the second temple, the first second temple, because the second temple went through a few phases. But Ezra and Nehemiah built the first temple, uh, the second temple, um, excuse me. So, so but, but we know that by the time of Herod, the temple was built again, he enlarged it. But this was the return the, on the first of Nisan, the, the exiles coming from Babylon and starting to rebuild the temple again. So, um, so what by, you, you say, this, the, this whole, the whole idea of Nisan is a, is a, is a, is a new mm-hmm. beginning. It's, it was a transition uh, way back in uh, Exodus days of the transition from uh, captivity of Egypt towards the promised land That's it. and also the That's uh, it. restoration, if you will, or the rebuilding of uh, the temple. I mean, so many different landmarks are tied to this month yeah. of Nisan. And uh, we Christians embrace this month uh, from a different perspective. And uh, perhaps at a uh-huh. different in a different hour of my show, we'll talk about that. But I want to hand it over to you because yeah. it's a remarkable month from a Hebrew and a Christian perspective. So go ahead, Anna Marina. There's definitely, thank you, Cass. And this is the, uh, let's look at that. We say that this is the month of redemption. Why? Because we are emerging from darkness into light. We've now been through all the darkness. We slowly went through the different degrees of, of, of light where we started with the change in Shabbat and then the complete uh, flipping the switch into joy during Adar. And now redemption kicks in in the month of Nisan. Uh, um, and this is why God says it is a first for you. Now we know, and we spoke about it many times, that Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, is in Tishrei, which is six months um, past already. So how is it possible that uh, the, the new year is on Tishrei, but God says to you, the Jewish <laughs> people, this will be the first. <laughs> and that is very important, Kat, because the world gets judged on the day when the world was created. Israel gets the first of them. Nisan becomes the first for them because that is the month in which they were created. This is the month when God extracted a nation out of another nation. And he said, this is a, this is a birth month for you. And we will see all about that. In fact, uh, Kaz, do you have uh, a Bible in front of you? Yes. Uh, if you can just uh, quickly look something up. Go to Exodus. Go to Exodus 4. Because uh, this is this is very important, and we will discuss the order by which things happened, also um, in the next uh, section. Okay. But God I, I'm, is I'm now at, fighting uh, for somebody. I'm at Exodus four. And, and we, where am I going? 
4. We're going to go to verse 22. And we say that this is the first for you. This is the first month. and But there's many firsts in the month of Nisan. Let's see. Yes. Um, what does God say there about Israel? He says to Pharaoh, you're going to let Israel go. But it's because Israel is... Something very dear to me. What is equal to God? Oh, come on. Oh, it, it, it says, it, it, it says that Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Oh. Who's God's son? Israel is my son, and you will let him go. And now we will see in the next section how God did that because he sets Pharaoh up completely um, opposite him when he's doing this. He says, your son for mine. Um, so, and we will see all of that happen. So I just want to finish with this uh, section, um, Kaz, and also on the tenth. So the tenth of Nisan is also important because that's when the Jewish people, the Israelites, crossed the Jordan River after 39 years in the desert. And that started our entrance into the land as well. So Nisan plays a tremendous role about um, in Israel being born, Israel being identified as God's firstborn son, and also then the entrance into the land when it comes to uh, 39 years later. So Nisan is a very, very important time, and I would just like the listeners, as we've spoken so many times, every month has a certain um, characteristic to it. This is the month of redemption. And if we can learn to move with God within these um, times, we can move within his redemption. And also, whatever plague is bringing the world will pass if we do correctly what we need to do. You hear what uh, Anna Rina said, my listening friend, if we are obedient to God's word and provisions and directives, any plague or challenge that uh, the enemy puts upon you or that is a, a sign of the times, uh, the creator of the universe has given us uh, solutions to that and so, so that uh, these things shall not come nigh your dwelling if I can quote uh, mm-hmm. idea, uh, approaches from uh, Psalm 91 and beyond and so we're in the thick of challenging times but we're in the thick of times where we have to change our focus from us to the crea- our creator sure. because he has the answers you know we just have maybe a minute left in this segment on reading but the thing that really stirs me is what you said about the this you know there's two different uh, new years well multiple but for our purposes today there's this 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 is a new year new time nisan is the beginning but and also uh the seventh month the month of tishri is also a month of celebration but it's one is from the jewish people and one is tied more to the gentile people but bringing these together is remarkable and obviously one of the big things about this is not only the when we study the months uh the calendar biblical months we must also study the days, and that's what we're going to do in this next segment. We're going to get into a specific day and day period within this month that carries with it remarkable truths. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mm-hmm. think uh, Honorina and I are going to talk about that, the, the time frame of the Pesach and the other celebrations that are tied to that as well. And guess what, my friend? Buckle up. You've just begun to hear uh, revelation from the Tanakh or the Old Testament. It's going to blow you away. So on Arena, I guess it's going to be you and I after the commercial break. What do you say? Waiting for you on the other side, Ken. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. On Arena and I will be right back. 
This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Hello, my friends, and back again with Honorina Hyman and the Align with Zion Hour, a remarkable topic because we're entering into a time frame called the month of Nisan. But we've uh, spent a little bit of time talking about the broad parameters of this month, the first month in the uh, Hebrew calendar. Uh, and now we're going to get into some specifics within this month. Parts of this you will be familiar, my listening friends. So, Honorina, mm-hmm. lay it on us. Let's uh, start with the name Egypt. I have no idea where the world gets the name Egypt from. In uh, Hebrew, we say Mitzrayim. That's actually the biblical term for Egypt. It's Mitzrayim. And the, the core word within that um, word is, or the root is Tal. It's a place of trouble. It also is it's a place of narrowness, limitation, and the place of the enemy inflicting this trouble on you. That's the name of Mitzrayim, uh, of Egypt. And if God says, I'm the Lord your God that has taken you out of Egypt in order for me to be your God. It means if you are in this place of limitation, you cannot look up, you cannot you cannot communicate with God. God takes you out of your limitation, out of the out of the trouble that pushes you down so that there's an extraction taking place so that he can fully be God for you. God is God, but if you are in a place that you can't relate to him, he needs to get you out so that you can truly um, um, appreciate the goodness of God also in all of this. And this is, this is what happened with the Exodus. Okay, so now we have this crazy place that's going around the world, and it, it's such a beautiful timing for all of this because Pesach is the perfect um, antidote for, for what's happening right um, now. And as we know, God's timing obviously so wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, what you're doing now, and I'm, I'm blown away by this, what you're doing is you're drawing a parallel to the departure from Egypt and the plagues and things like that that befell uh, the Egyptians as the Lord God released his yep. people into freedom, and you're saying what's going on in the coronavirus is an illustration of that uh, in many ways, and so it's an opportunity for us to glean the truths that are embedded here, <clears throat> because God has a bigger plan. <laughs> That's it. So I love what's it. happening here is the, the nation of Israel was extracted from the ruling nation of that time. And that was a foreshadowing of what's going to happen now out of the exile. The Jewish people are coming out of the exile again. So, so Israel made an aliyah out of Egypt to Israel. And now the people of um, Israel... The Jewish people, uh, including the ten tribes, need to be extracted out of the nations to come back into Israel again. But now we need to see how God did that, because he dismantled the enemy in a very specific way, um, Kaz. And all of this is about order. In the first night of Pesach, we have the um, Pesach Seder. Seder means order. And we do very specific things on that night. And what is happening spiritually on that night is... Um, um, after this dismantling that God did through the Ten Plagues, He now puts an order into His people and He brings them out in their suburbs, in the armies. 
So the whole Israel moved out in their legions according to their tribes. They moved out in a certain order. So we need to really understand what's happening here. But let's get to the dismantling process, um, uh, Kat, because that's what I want to talk about right now. And this is why um, the coronavirus is, is, is actually also the tool in God's hand, because he's, he's shifting things. Remember that we said that the Haggai prophecy on the 24th, um, we spoke about it just before um, um, Hanukkah, the day just before Hanukkah, the Haggai message went out or the prophecy went out and he said, I watch, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, I'm going to shake the kingdoms of the earth. And that's exactly what's happening right now. So we can see that these prophecies are happening. So what happens here, Kaz, is that we are having an extraction and a sanctification of the nation and then moving them out in order. Now, if you go to Jeremiah 15, this is very important because God speaks of two very important things. He says in Jeremiah 15, verse 19, he says, if you come back, if you make tshuva, this is repentance, but not repentance in the English way. Tshuva is to come back, literally to return to God. If you return, I return, God says. And then he goes on in the verse and he says, and if you can extract the noble and the precious out of the worthless, then I'm going to make you my spokesman. So everything about the way that the Jewish people go about it, about making um, an extraction and making a differentiation between what is precious and what is not. Yes. So now the dismantling process starts. And um, as you know that for every good thing, there's always a dark counterpart standing yes. opposite what God is doing. So for God to take the Jewish people, as he is doing it right now, again, let's see what happened in Egypt. In Egypt, God sent 10 plagues. He sent it against the Egyptian gods because the Egyptians had many gods. We know that they had the Nile God, and that's why the Nile became blood. The sun God, we had the darkness. And they had many, many gods. One of those gods, according to the astrological sign of this month as well, is the, is the sheep or the ram. Yes. That's why God says to them, I want, God says to his people, you will slaughter their deity. You will take the lamb and you will slaughter it. Because that will be the thing that will save you. If you can show the Egyptians that I will you slaughter the lamb, I will slaughter something else in its place. And this time for the first time, Kaz, nine plagues guarded everything by himself. The tenth plague God says, Israel, you are with me now. You do one part, I do the other. And there's an intimate connection between the two. Wait a minute. So, so you're saying so wait, wait, you're saying that the Lord gave uh, a, a power uh, over the, to the people to execute justice in the in the land, yep. basically. Exactly. This is this is uh, this is amazing because this is what we're doing right now. This is what the Creator is doing right now. He's giving some freedom to His kids to execute uh, justice in the land. Oh, oh on arena, this is remarkable. <laughs> but guys, think about it. In everything that we do, we partnership with God. It's a covenant. It's all done in a covenant with God. So it does. It means that God will do the most, but we need to do our part. Yes. So what he says, the last thing, and one of the gods that the Egyptians treasure the most is the lamb. I want you to slaughter the lamb, the deity. And then what happens is you put that thing as a sign on your door that I see that you've done your part. If you <laughs> do that, 
I will slaughter their son. So oh the, 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 the God's son, the son of God of the Egyptians, will be slaughtered when you slaughter the lamb. So the lamb and the son goes together. And if you do your part, then I will bring the real son out of all of this. And who do we say is the son, Kath? Exodus 4.22 says, yes, I saw. Israel is my yes. son. Yes, that's so And more than that, my. Isaiah 1 verse 11, um, 11 verse 1 says that to remember through the Bible who is God's son, Israel is God's son. And if you can do that, that's where the birth takes place. And that's where the Aliyah takes place. It's that the nations, that Israel will be extracted again out of the nations when the deities are being slaughtered all over the world. Yes. And Israel can come back to God, standing before, before God as the one God. But guys, that is how God dismantled. But at the end, Israel was partner yes. in all of these things. Yes. We haven't finished this discussion, so we're going to continue this into the next yes. segment. But one of the things that you, you said really brightened my eyes, and that is every time God does stuff, the enemy rises up to do something counterproductive to that. And it reminds me of uh-huh. when the uh-huh. children of Israel left the uh, Egypt into the promised land, there were a group of them that said, <laughs> I'm kind of liking the leeks and the onions and even even the restrained freedom <laughs> of Egypt. I'm, willi- I'm kind of willing to go back. So the Lord had to do uh, some handiwork and adjustments on the people group as well. Here we are in uh, Israel and in the United States. Sometimes we feel more comfortable with the semi-freedom, uh, actually the enemy of freedom, than we do actually the opportunity to get free and to do the full bidding of God, and that's where we are as well today. Mm-hmm. What most people do not know is that four-fifths of the Jewish people never left Egypt because they were not ready. Only one-fifth of the Jewish people left Egypt. The rest of them passed away during the plague of darkness. Wow. Um, and this is very important for today as well. You can be a son of Israel, you can be part of God's people, but you need to get out from where you are and you need to get to Israel because God's whole redemption process is to extract you from the nations again and to place his people back into their land. And what most people don't remember is that full fifths didn't make it. So, so the covenant stands with the land as well. Chosen people, chosen time, chosen place. Yes. All of that goes together. Yes. And that's why all of us need to make sure that we do what God um, is telling us um, personally what to do. And we're going to use the idea about the chosen people, chosen times, and the chosen place to launch into the next segment because we have not finished the, our excavation. We're just starting to dig a little, uh, a little here, and so we're going to excavate a little bit more when we come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Greg Hendricks, Rock Church, East County. God is doing a wonderful work in the city of San Diego and all over the world. He's uniting the hearts of the people, but most importantly, he's drawing us back to what our original purpose is, to love each other. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. 
Here's Kaz Taylor. And yes, we are back. Honorina Hyman uh, with a line with Zion uh, giving the orthodox perspective on things. And I, as a Christian, I'm just blown away with this because the creator of the universe created so many different common denominators for us to embrace one another on. One of the things that you said during the break, and I'm going to use this as a springboard to hand off to you, and that is there's a difference between bread and matzah. Uh, There's a difference between that which has leaven in it and that which does not have leaven in it. And we need to have our lives uh, uh, leaven free <laughs> so that there's no there's no there's no pride in the mix here the creator of the universe mm-hmm. pride mm-hmm. pride is one of the most distasteful things to him <laughs> and so we we, we need to true. be without without the pride but in the sheer obedience horizontally and vertically and then watch yeah. out because the miracles of the creator will happen to you, through you, and in you, and all in the surrounding area. Talk about the coronavirus. Look out, virus. Go ahead, Anna <laughs> But as you, you know, like you say, Kaz, we, all of this is very humbly. Um, corona can do what it wants, but it, when we see God rebuking the Satan, even when it comes to the high priest in um, the prophet Zechariah, it's God that rebukes the Satan. Um, we should not um, go and think we can just go about and this virus is not going to do anything. You just hold on to God. You just walk humbly with God and the rest he will do. But don't go in some kind of religious um, fervor and think that you're going to just reduce things left and right. Uh, walk humbly with God. He will take you through. And that's what, what Pesach is also about. Um, and we're going to see this in, in the bread and the muscle. So interesting, because um, just before Purim, when you go in the stores, you see every store has costumes. Every store is very, very bright yes. with stuff. The next day, and during Purim already, you will see that every Jewish woman gets a very big frown on her face because she knows Purim is over in a month it's Pesach. And I have to clean my whole house and I have to get every leaven out because Pesach is approaching. So the next day, when you walk into the stores, all the costumes are gone and there's just cleaning materials everywhere. Um, and everybody's starting to buy uh, the cleaning materials for them to, to clean out their houses. So today, we clean our houses because it's the eternal covenant and God said in for seven days. I don't want to see any leavened bread or anything near because there's a reason for this and um, and that's in Exodus 12 verse 19 for seven days no leaven is to be found in your houses if anyone eats what is leavened that person will be cut off from the congregation of Israel wherever if he's a, a sojourner or if he's a native of the land and as we know um, Cass, that rule stands so something is very interesting here all these things happen in specific times. And if you do the right thing in the wrong time, you have a problem. If you do the wrong thing in the right time, you also have a problem. And this is so important when it comes to bread. Bread is the most important um, part of our meal when yes. we eat. If you eat meat, you drink wine, you do whatever, you, there are different blessings that we say over every food and um, everything that we eat. Bread has the highest blessing of them all. Before we eat, Bread, we are. We have to go and wash our hands in a specific way. 
and then we have to, you know, without speaking, until we send a blessing, we can't even do anything. You wash your hands, you go immediately and you say a blessing to God. And this is the highest blessing that you can do over food. Why is it so important? Because we tell God, bread, which is so simple, is the most important of what you give us in this world. And we honor that because you are our provider. So bread has the highest standard. You would think that meat and more expensive food would be have a high standard, but spiritually, bread has the highest order. So for for um, basically 51 weeks in a year, we have to have bread at our tables. We have to honor it completely. But for seven days, we have to take the most honorable thing on our tables. We have to chuck it out. We have to completely burn it. We have to destroy it and make sure that it's not in our house. Because of the so, le- because of the leaven. Because of the leaven. But yes. this just shows you that you have to be sensitive to God's timing. Because that which is the most precious can become the most deadliest for you if you don't do what you're supposed to be doing. And that's why God's commandments are so specific in specific times. And if we can learn how to move with God, we won't kick ourselves out all the time because He said, this is what you do here, this is what you do there. So let's try and figure out what that means because the, the two, we have um, matzah, it's yes. the, the, the unleavened bread, and it takes 18 minutes. 18 minutes from where you make it to where you bake it and it comes out of the oven, that's 18 minutes. Anything over that, and you're in trouble. So, so it's very important that that bread has to, that matzah, that unleavened bread has to be made very quickly. Now, the, um, the leaven in the bread is called chametz. So we have matzah and we have chametz. And they are exactly the same letters, except for one little thing, um, and cast the, the chet and the hay, the chet in the chametz and the hay in the matzah almost look the same. But the chet is one uh, solid letter, letter where the hay has a little gap in, in, um, at the top. It means that that little bit in that letter shows you how quickly something can go from unleavened to leavened and how quickly you have to work. Um, And that gives us an idea of the timing. And now let's look at when God spoke to the people and he said to them, when you leave, you have to leave hastened. um, Also when they had to eat, um, in Exodus 12 verse 11, God says, this is how you are to eat it. With your cloaks um, tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hands, eat it in haste. This is the Lord's um, Passover. So even the bread couldn't have been baked because God took the people out of Egypt so quickly that they couldn't bake the bread. And he says, this will be a, a reminder for you for the generations to come how quickly I actually took you out of Egypt, Egypt is Mitzrayim, and troubles from the enemy. Remember how quickly I had to come and I had to pluck you out of there. It had to happen so quickly because otherwise you would have lost your spiritual life. My. And this is why we eat this leavened bread, unleavened bread, to remind us how quickly this process happens. So what what the the how we can extrapolate that for today is that uh, we 
we have got to hear the calling of the creator of the universe into our hearts and spirits. And when it is time for us to make a move or a transition from the uh, the chains of bondage, whatever those may be, symbolically or literally, when that opportunity comes, uh, we have a very short time to move into that. And if we uh, don't, don't, you know, leaven will happen or uh, we'll, we'll miss mm-hmm. our window of opportunity. Here we are in, in the United States and Israel. We have a very short window here and we are reminded of that as we embrace the month of Nisan and Pesach as well. So uh, we've got about a minute or two left in this segment. How do you want to set it up for the last segment on Arena? Um, yes, guys. I think what we what we can take from this is that God moves differently in different times, and sometimes it will look at the opposite of what you were known to do. And if he says, right now, I need you to switch over, you do that. Um, um, The timing is is very, very important. I remember in my life, there was a time when I felt very uh, uh, strongly that I had to get out of South Africa. And I started to give away uh, many of my um, furniture and everything during, uh, during Pesach. And Kat, I, I had to come to Israel very quickly after that. It's like God really put a very strong notion in my heart and it said, get out. And on Tishabiav, as you know, Tishabiav is a, is a time when the, both temples burned down. I came to Israel two weeks before Tishabiav in, in, in a hurry, in a flurry, in a hurry. And on Tishabi Av, the house where I lived in South Africa exploded on that night when both temples burned down, my house burned down in South Africa. Oh, my. I didn't take the notion that, Kat, I was working. I I had a life in South Africa, and God said, now, get out. And I just had to get out. And it's like my whole past burns down behind me. So I remember that feeling. So when I sit in Pesach and I eat that matzo, I know that this happened so fast. In my personal life, I remember how quickly he said, this is it, go. He gives you an unction of something that's coming. We can see the virus right now. The question is, what are you going to do? Go humbly before God. Do not lean on your own understanding. Yes, yes, yes. And we have, we're going to continue this conversation into the last segment as well. But I hope you're stirred, my friend, and also awakened. Because uh, this is a time for us to watch and pray, but also to quickly obey. Ooh, that rhymes. We're going to talk more about this in the last segment. <laughs> when on Arena and Cavs come right back. More. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Can you believe it, my friends? The last segment of the Align with Zion Hour during this pivotal month, the month of Nissan, and the pivotal time frame and the celebration of the Pesach, and that we, we reflect on the things that happened in the past because they give us ammunition and preparation for the things of the now and into the future. Honorina, it's all yours. And I just want to read this to you guys. It is in Isaiah 26, the last part. 
Um, in my Bible, it's 20. I know sometimes the numbering is different in the Christian Bible. But Isaiah 26, verse 20 says, Go, my people, enter your chambers and lock your doors behind you. Hide but a little moment until the indignation passes. For lo, the Lord shall come forth from his place to punish the dwellers of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth shall disclose its bloodshed and shall no longer conceal its flame. So we know that God says, Go in, like he said to the children of Israel, in the Says, go into your house, stay, but be ready to come out when, 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 when the time is right. Then um, the prophecy basically continues afterwards, Kaz, and it says in verse uh, 6 of um, uh, chapter 27, in those days Jacob shall strike root, and Israel shall sprout and blossom, and the face of the world shall be covered with, uh, with its fruit. Um, and then again, we saw that how was Israel extracted out of Egypt is when they were extracted from the gods. God dismantled the gods, and therefore Israel could get out. So it's like he numbed them. He comp- as he dismantled the gods of Egypt, um, Israel was able to get out, and he said, now I can be a god for you. And then it goes on here in, in chapter 27, and it says, Assuredly, by this alone shall Jacob's sin be purged away when they are breaking down the altar stones and when they are getting rid of the idolatry. So, idolatry, God, deities, whatever holds you, holds you in Mitzrayim, in the place of of trouble. If you let go of the, the idolatry in your life, uh, let go of the deities that fix themselves up in the place of God. That's when he can take you out and when yes. he can finally become the fullness of God for you. Let me ask you, would you say that this is, sometimes we don't realize that we're in bondage. We, we think this is the way that it needs to be. But what I think what God wants us to do is to have our eyes open and say, this is really bondage. There's something better out there. And we need to have no pride and move forward into God's directives. And that's where we are in the world today. Isn't that right, Honorina? And, and, you know, between Pesach and Shavuot, we get to the threshing floor, and you and I, we spoke about this already. God allows certain things to be in your life because you have to grow. But then there comes a time that He says, this very thing is now going to become the thing that's going to kill you. Get out. So we have to learn. I don't want the listeners to, to beat themselves up and go, oh, my goodness, I've been wrong. I've been doing. No. Just no. stop for a while. Corona allows people to stop. And to sit down, to have time to think, use that time and say to God, okay, we are obviously in a new chapter in the world. What do you want from me? How can I do this right so that I can move with you? And I think that, that's it. In everything that happens in the world, God is good and he's doing good. So this thing will bring tremendous good about if we walk with God humbly and see where he leads us. So let's ask him, what do we? What does he want, and how can we move with him? Um, I think that that that's the most important. So, yes, I just want to quickly say we understand that the corona, therefore, is a reboot. Pesach is the dismantling of the deities. It's then the reordering, the reordering of God's divine order. He's the establishment of His divine order back into this world. And that's why the Israelites came out in their armies. They came out as a solid unit, but they were still in diversity. They were in, in a unity that they moved with God after 
all the nonsense were dismantled around them. Yes. And that, this is what happened during the Seder night, during the night of the order. So in, in, in Hebrew, it literally means it is the night of the order where God reorders and reboots things. Right. But then the question is, what happens after that? And Kaz, I think we're going to really get into that and see our next section, because that is the time when we're going to really dig into the Omer and the counting of the yes. Omer. But so- between Pesach... And Shavuot, we count the, the barley, the Omer. The Omer is a, it, it's a, a certain measurement, and that had to be counted. But in the spiritual, what that means is now that you've been ordered, now that everything has been put together again, now it's going to start calibrating you. Yes. So that by the time we get to Shavuot, it's a time when he could finally give us his Torah, his word, because only then, after all this balagan, all this mess, we were ready to receive that. Let me put so it into let, let me put it into the Gentile terms as well. Coming uh, okay. out out of this and in in, in into uh, what we would call we would call Pentecost. The the, the Hebrew name is Shavuot. Shavuot. There you go. And so this is so a, this is the, the counting of the Omer. It's weak. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. you would say, because we've already talked about the leaven and, the, and non-leaven and things like that, the counting of the Omer is mm-hmm. a time for being circumspect unto God and, and allow him to help balance you so you can move forward properly. Would that be accurate? Correct. Uh, the example that I usually use is you having a radio. And during Pesach, you are putting, taking all the parts and you put it together into one unit. So now you have a radio, wonderful. But nothing <laughs> works. You have to switch it on and when you switch it on, it goes, you just have white noise. Uh-huh. So, so what do you have to do? That's when you have to take the antenna out and you have to tune it in. It's literally a calibration. And this is also a biblical command card right there in the Bible. It says, you will count seven weeks. And every, every day of those seven weeks, which is seven within seven, seven times seven gives you 49 days. In those days, you have to bring the body um, to the temple and you have to count it. But all of that, as we said, Kaz, whatever you do physically here has a tremendous spiritual impact up yes. there. So what is actually happening here is there are seven attributes by which man has to live by. And every one of those attributes has to be then matched with each other. So it's chesed. Um, um, is the loving kindness by which we have to um, live by. Um, it is connected to Abraham, Abram. Uh, we have to then connect that to to the Gevura or the strength of Isaac. And then you also have splendor and you have foundation and you have kingship. And all those things, one by one by one, like in a laboratory, you start... Um, calibrating all these elements one by one with each other, um, which brings a tremendous flow from heaven by the time when we get to Shavuot. That's a big story. We're going to definitely get into that next time. Um, But the most important is for us to be able to do that calibration, God is putting us down in our houses right now to be quiet 
as we lead up to the times of Pesach, it's the time of introspection. Yes. It is the time to let go all the idolatry and whatever stands between us and God so that we can then um, be ready for Him to extract us into the next chapter that He has for us. This time of circumspection where we are not allowed to go out and uh, interact with many other people. It's good because we can interact with the creator of the universe and he can fill stuff into us and we can realize that this is an opportunity for empowerment if we do so with a humble heart and a humble spirit. Uh, My listening friend, we're out of time here on Arena. uh, I'm going to give you... uh, 37.3 37.3 seconds to close this. <laughs> I'm kidding. But to, to close this, because uh, we have to have to go, but my listening friend Honorina and I do this uh, every month. It's called the Align with Zion Hour, the uh, last Saturday of every, every month. Go ahead, Honorina. Um, the first thing that I would like to ask the listeners is just put the cell phone down, put the <laughs> computer off. Um, if you have time, this is, this is, this is the time where God is going to tell you, remember that time when you had time, when you were not supposed to go to work, but you couldn't. And I actually freed you up so that you can be with me. Do that. This is a very auspicious time to take time with God and align yourself correctly with him. And may the master of the universe, the creator, the king of the universe, uh, our father of Venusheba mind our father who are in heaven may he keep us safe and may he guide us in his full truth in the days coming cash and i wish um i send blessings to all the listeners from Jer- from jerusalem and uh, psalm 20 says may god remember you from zion may remember the offerings that you have given and may he answer you in a time of need so i'm sending blessings to all the listeners um, be well be safe and just stay humbly connected to God. Thank you, Honorina Hyman and the Align with Zion, alignwithzion.com, uh, so you can find out more about that. My listening friend, uh, more coming up in the next segments. God bless you. God has great plans for you. And use this corona thing as an opportunity to g- get close with your creator. Thank you, Honorina, and I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos Poway, and K29CR Encinitas. FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego. K-Praise. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Cash Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world. And hello, my friends. How you doing? It's exciting to have you with us on this second hour of Come Together San Diego. I uh, dovetailed these two topics, uh, and you'll appreciate this. You know, we just heard from Honorina Hyman with the Align with Zion, Align with Zion Hour, and she's an Orthodox Jewish uh teacher, and uh, we spoke about this. We're entering into this month, uh, the first month of the Hebrew calendar called Nisan, and the heading into what they call Passover. But this second segment, I'm bringing on a person who has that perspective, but also a perspective of the New Testament as well. She is a remarkable lady, and I want you to meet uh, Rebecca Levis, she's a she's a teacher as well, but she teaches the Tanakh from or the Torah 
from a Christian perspective as well. How are you doing, Rebecca? Nice roll of the R's there. Hi, it's so wonderful to be with you today. I am honored and I'm excited. Yeah, we're going to be delving into a lot of interesting areas. A lot of times we Gentiles or we Christians who embrace the New Testament, we don't swim too much in the Old Testament. And when we realize that they are in harmony with one another more than you could even imagine, uh, it changes our way of thinking and the way of looking not only at our Christian faith, but the Hebrew faith as well. And you're a, a lady who has uh, uh, put, you know, stitches between the Old Testament and the New te- Testament to, to, for them to heal together. Uh, before we go I too much it. further, I, I know that you heard the pre-recorded interview with Honorina Chaiman yes. talking about Nisan and Pesach and the Passover and things like that. As a, as wow. a lady who teaches uh, on uh, Hebrew classes and the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, I want to engage you a little bit before we actually start our portion, and that is one of the things, my listening friend, that you may have heard that Anarina shared from an Orthodox Jewish standpoint was the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and the the plagues that happened to them, and those plagues were basically the many of the Egyptian gods uh, that uh, that God was showing that they're not gods at all. I am the I am God. One of the things that she mentioned. Uh, was that one of the gods that the Jews uh, embrace, the Hebrews embrace, that the Egyptians um, that the Egyptians embrace, embrace from a different perspective is the lamb. She, mm. she was talking about them uh, em- embracing the lamb god, and uh, wow. her, her her posture was uh, Israel's a uh, god's son is Israel. And they, they don't have the comprehension quite yet about Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God, uh, being God's Son as well. So I wanted right. to just spend just a moment with you before we get into our stuff to give a little clarity to our Christian friends when they heard her uh, talking about the Egyptians uh, worshiping the Lamb and how the Lamb had to be slain uh, mm-hmm. to to reconcile the fact that their their God was not uh, comparable to the real God of creation. And from a Christian standpoint, you know, I had to bite my tongue a little bit because we know that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God yeah, who takes was. away the sin of the world. That's but, right. But one of the things, and I know you have to deal with this sometimes, uh, too, in, in, in these interactions with uh, Orthodox Jews, Rebecca, is that they, their perception of uh, Jesus is almost in violation of what they presume the Hebrew Scriptures is. So what would you say in light of her comments about uh, this was really setting things straight in the book of Exodus um, when the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the lamb was sacrificed to say, see, uh, you're... God of the Lamb does not compare to our God of creation. That's right. So what's your thought when you heard that? Well, you know, when I was teaching on the the plagues and them coming out of Egypt, what I didn't know as a Gentile is that they also had the God of the Nile, and it was a crocodile. And that God was, think about it, they were throwing the firstborn children into the Nile, And it was these crocodiles that were um, eating their children. And so it's almost like when he brought them out, 
um, he was saying, oh, so your crocodile God took my firstborn from my people. Now watch what I do when I send the plague of the firstborn death of all of Egypt. My. So that's exactly what happened. It was like he was it was like payback. And, mm. and, and the reason that's so important is because those children were made in God's image. Yes. And so that was that was important to understand what was going on there. So as far as the lamb goes and, and all of that, um, many Jewish people don't recognize Jesus as the Messiah because basically we've dressed him in the clothes of Egypt. Oh, my, you're exactly right. And and so it's just like Joseph in Egypt. He didn't his brothers didn't recognize him because he's in different clothes. He looks different, he's got a different language, a different name. And it's no wonder they missed Joseph. They didn't recognize him. And the Messiah, the Jews are know that Messiah is coming t- uh as first, we know he's coming as the Messiah ben Joseph and then the second time Messiah ben David. Yes. So when when they didn't recognize him, are we surprised that when we dress Jesus as a blue-eyed Lutheran or in, <laughs> you know, the red robes of Rome, they don't recognize him. They think he's some other religion. Yes. Yes. And that, that's the sad part. So so I I believe that in these times, in these last days what God is doing is he's introducing Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah to his people in his own culture and context. Yes. And it, he's made he's made the Gentile world hungry and thirsty for something more. And I say it's like this. Um, the Jews had all the education and missed graduation day. Yes. <laughs> and the Gentiles went to graduation but missed all the education. Oh, that and I is said, so good. God is filling in the blanks on both sides of the, of the people. Yes. So the Jews are, are beginning to see, wait a minute, Jesus wasn't another religion. He, he was very much like us. That's right. Gosh, read, the, read Matthew, read the book of Hebrews. So what I'm doing, instead of referring people to the book of John, when I'm speaking to a Jewish person, is I say, read the book of Matthew. I've heard more Messianic Jews say, Christians told me I should read Matthew. It is so Jewish. <laughs> and when they were done reading it, they're like, oh, my goodness, this is this, Jesus was Jewish. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So so then as soon as they see him for who he really is, then all his words begin to make sense because his words, um, the words he used were words that would be like um, triggers in the ears of a Jew. For example, we could say Big Apple. And everybody would know that that was New York, right? Sure. So they're like they're like key words to the Jewish culture. So when Jesus used a lot of the Hebrew idioms and and words in Hebrew to tell his parables to the people, etc., these things all were words that they had learned over and yes. over and over. So they their minds knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. They'd go back to, oh, wait a minute, that's part of our yes, Shema. Yes, yes. Or wait a minute, that's the prayer we pray, you know, with our morning prayers. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I, I, I need to cut in. That. I'm sorry, I need to cut in here because we have a commercial break. Visiting okay. with Re- Rebecca, leave us, and you can tell that this uh, 
last hour is going to be power packed because this is a lady that uh, she has a, the spirit of God behind the words, which is absolutely amazing. And she has a real heart cry for the Jews and she has a heart cry for Israel because uh, that's a part of her uh, DNA as well. So uh, she and I are going to come back in the next segment and talk more about this. You, you need to know about this lady. She's she's a she teaches Hebrew language classes. She's a San Diegoite. Yes. <laughs> and she teaches, she calls it Sparky's. That's her nickname, Sparky. Uh, the Torah time, which is digging into the Torah from, uh, yes. a, you know, a Judeo-Christian perspective. And she yes. also teaches on discovering Jewish roots in your Christian faith. So we're, yeah. uh, well, we're going to have a great time. I just wanted we to are. spend just a moment in this segment talking about what Honorina Hyman spoke about in the first hour and wanted to bring a little bit more clarity about the um, the lamb sacrifice and Pesach. Mm-hmm. And right yeah. now, Honorina is identifying that with the, the, the Egyptians and their they're false deities, but we know that they're also going to have a re- revelation soon about Jesus mm. being the Lamb of yes. God. And yes, so they will. I always, when I have the show with Honorina, I purpose not to get into uh, verbal discussions because I want to learn as much as I can from her mm-hmm. Hebrew roots and yes. uh, trusting that God will give a time for that door to open. So I hope you benefit from that as well, my friends. So oh, I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, Rebecca, we're going to spend some time together digging into other stuff that is going to dovetail with the first hour in many ways. So I yes, know you're game yes. for this. Are you not? I am. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Bring it. <laughs> my husband. My husband says I have no off button. So. Oh well, that's okay. We're <laughs> we're gonna push the pause. We're gonna do a Selah. Do a button. pause. Okay. Selah button on you, and then when when you and I come right back, we will l- release the button and let you go. I'm talking okay, about uh, Rebecca Levis and uh, the Torah Time teacher, and so many other things. When we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And we're back again with my special guest slash co-host, her name is Rebecca Levis, and she teaches the Torah time. She calls it Sparky's Torah time, which is her nickname. And I don't know that I'm going to be able to get comfortable with Sparky, but I'll try, Rebecca. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try. And also, you deal with the teaching about the Jewish roots of Christian faith. That's a mouthful, but I'll tell you what. If we Christians really understood the Jewish roots of our faith, we would do things differently, wouldn't we? Well, you know what? The the Torah is all about the Christian faith, and everything in it, every single line points to the Messiah. And it's just sometimes hidden because we don't really understand some of the words in there in Hebrew that have such a richer, deeper meaning that connect us to the New Testament. It's almost like I tell people, it's like a monkey swinging from vine to vine. We just go from word to word and meaning to meaning, and suddenly we find ourselves in the New Testament. And you're like, oh, my goodness. So that's why Jesus said that. That's yes. totally attached way back there. And until <laughs> we until we make the Torah um, part of our cycle every year, 
we're not going to understand how God teaches in cycles. Oh, that's, that's so good. You know, one of the things that there's a, a word or a phrase or a concept that I always go back to when I, uh, I join the Old Testament with the New Testament. The common denominators are numerous, but I think you could identify it with one or two specific words and you can start to comprehend uh, the whole strategy behind the Old Testament, the New Testament. And if I may be so bold as to say the now Testament as well, the things that are going on in the world today. And that word or words are tied to intimacy and relationship. God wants us to have intimacy with him, but that Mm -hmm. intimacy with him is emboldened and revelation comes out of this when we have a a relationship horizontally with others as well. That's in Mark and Luke and other places. It talks about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. When we can comprehend this, we understand the God of the Bible. We understand the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament and the God that's coming back soon to rule and reign with his kids for a a thousand years. So let's talk a little bit about, I know you have a real heart cry for God's people, and those God's people can be... Hebrew people and Gentile people, and also yep. the subjects of uh, intimacy and relationship. I know, I don't know you well, but I know that this is very likely a springboard into much of the things that you teach. Oh Rebecca. my goodness! Well, intimacy, intimacy—the the real definition of that. I love this definition. Intimacy is to know fully and to be fully known, Ooh. and that is bridal language. That is the groom and bride. And it's all about a home. It's all about the covenant between the bride and groom, and in, and that covenant takes place in a home. The Bible starts in a home, in the garden, and it ends in the home, in the wedding ceremony. Ooh, that is so, so, the, so great. That, that's powerful. And my listening friend, don't be squeamish when you start to hear about the intimacy that the, the Lord wants to have with his bride. Uh, this it, Read, you know, the Song of Solomon, for example, get in a, kind of an ideal about go. that. But yes. it, it's remarkable. But he, he wants to endue us with power because we are going to be married to him in, in, in many ways. So yes. get the squeamishness well, well, the out because it's a yeah. remarkable thing, is it not? Right. The covenant, the covenants of the ancient times, you filled in where the other person was weak. So, for example, a group of um, farmers would covenant with warriors and they they protect each other because warriors don't know how to eat and plant. And, <laughs> and, and the, the planters and the farmers don't know how to do war. So they'd make covenant and they'd fill in where the other was weak. And that's exactly what a marriage covenant is. And you become one as you fill in the other's weakness. That's and true. So, and, but that's what all, you have to also say, it's, it's not a singular bride, it's a collective bride. So exactly. me with another person to the left and right, uh, our, my weakness is, is in harmony with a person's strength. And as we become this one bridal entity, we become yeah. God's yes. prepared bride. It makes total sense. To become one. And, and, and the whole purpose of, of the two becoming one is to produce life. Like kind after like kind. That's the very first commandment. Be fruitful, multiply. And so we're eating tomatoes today because the tomatoes were faithful. <laughs> <laughs> the faithful tomatoes were re- reproducing what they were. And that's exactly what God wants to do with his people. He wants to reproduce himself in us. And that's the whole purpose of Jesus coming. 
Um, back to the lamb, I just want to make a comment about the lambs. You know, on, when they would take the lamb into the home on the 10th of Nisan, yes. they would, the children and everyone would get to know the lamb in a personal way. And it became like the family pet. And on the day they had to actually watch it be slaughtered, it wasn't just a lamb, it was their Their, lamb. Oh, wow. It was personal. It was painful. And when they saw that darling little lamb have its throat slit and the blood applied to their doorpost, that was so tragic in their eyes, but at the same time, so beautiful because it atoned for their sin. And what I love about that picture is when you see the blood applied to the doorpost and the lentil, that is the exact letter of the Hebrew alphabet, high, the het means life. So that so picture, when, when the angel of death flies over and he sees... Uh, the doorpost and little boats on a person's house, and it says life. He goes, well, angel of death That's can't uh, visit there. It's a, it. This is a life house. Exactly. It's it's full of light, and it's full of life. And, you know, Pesach, it, it comes from the word, the verb. He, Hebrew is such a beautiful language. It always starts with a verb, and then you add to it, and it becomes another, like, noun or adjective or whatever. And... Pesach comes from a verb, which means pasuk, to step over or to limp. So you can imagine, here comes this angel, and he sees the letter chai, the, the, the letter chet that means life. He steps over that mm. and goes to the next house. And, and, and so it's interesting that it's almost like God is saying, um, I'm going to change my pace just to give you life. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. He could have been in heaven, but he left heaven to bring heaven down. And it's interesting when you talk to Jews. I didn't know this, and maybe you don't either, Cass. But you know how Christians are always talking about going to heaven? Mm -hmm. I met a Christian woman who was an Orthodox Jew, and she said, "I'm, I'm so amazed that you Christians always talk about going to heaven. That's so not what the Jewish people believe. And I go, what do you mean? And she said, we, we were looking to bring heaven down. That's right. And I'm like, oh, that's it. Look at, look at how that connects the Old and New Testament. Thy kingdom come. Thy word will be done on earth. See, it's bringing heaven down, and yes. that's exactly what Jesus did. Oh, my, my. He left his throne in glory, and he came and took on flesh. Wow. And so it puts much more uh, appreciation to the time as Jesus comes back and he rules and reigns with his kids for a thousand years. So basically, yeah. is is the heaven uh, heaven on earth. Basically, we're experiencing heavenly things uh, on earth. But exactly. uh, I, I exactly. think I think heaven is experiencing a bit of earth and earth is experiencing a bit of heaven. And the two, as we say, kiss one another during exactly. this thousand year rule and reign. It's, that's absolutely amazing. And uh, the whole idea of unity. I know this is an area, you, you know, discern the name of our program here come together san diego the whole the whole heart cry of this show the whole theme of this show is 
San Diego, you know, it, it, we want San Diego to come together and have that level of horizontal unity and that level of vertical unity so yeah. God can yeah. do his thing in our community. And so and he, I'm just thrilled to have cool. you on and, and share from your perspective as well. You're exactly, uh, you, you emulate the title of this show, Come Together. <laughs> yep, yep. And you know what? You know where the first place they took the, the, the uh, Israelites when they came out of Egypt? To Shechem. And you know what Shechem, the, the verb behind Shechem, it means to shoulder. Mm. And so it, it, it means like the, the government will be upon his shoulders. Yes. He's going to take the burden on his shoulders for the whole world. My, my, my. You know, wow. we, have, we have a commercial break here, but can we continue this thought on the other side? Yep. I have a feeling things are brewing. <clears throat> I can't wait to walk through these things that you're going to share with us, but I also can't wait to hear the conclusion or the summary at the end. <laughs> yes. You know, we, we spend a lot of time digging into Scripture, and we go, and we know that the Lord's coming back. We know certain things have to happen. We know that His bride has to really, truly become His bride. But sometimes we don't really consider all the implications and the nuances of that. I'm just yeah. thrilled to have you with me here, Re- Rebecca Levis, and uh, you're going to be able to share some of the insights that perhaps we leave on the table when we call ourselves Christians. We disregard some of the wonderful values that are connected with that. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, join me as we continue these last couple segments and talk about the deeper things uh, in Scripture, dealing with the Hebrews and the Gentiles together as one new man, and you can also mm-hmm. say one new bride as well. Yes. So Rebecca Levis and I will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Frame. My name is Jim Garlow. Two things. First one negative, second one positive. Negatively, if we saw the condition of our nation, we would all be in prayer. Positively, if we could see what God could do with our nation, we'd all be in prayer. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And you just heard the voice of Jim Garlow. He's one of the remarkable men, not only in San Diego, but in the United States, not only in the United States, but in the world and the universe. He's one of a highly esteemed people. I call him the general. Nobody else calls him the general, but I do because... I know his uh, investment in San Diego County, and he is one of the go-to people. People identify him as a guy who is vested and invested in this uh, in this county, but he's now doing other things as well. So he's vested and invested in this nation and uh, Israel and, and Middle East as well and other areas as well. Remarkable guy. Anyway, I, I want to remind you, my co-host, uh, Rebecca Levis, and she is a teacher But she's not only just a teacher, she's a teacher of Hebrew things and Christian things blended together so we Christians get a better understanding of our roots. So, uh, Rebecca, I'm I'm thrilled with the the way that this conversation is going. And before we dive into it, I want to give you the honor of sharing uh, with us your website so people can find out more about you and how they can find out more about your teaching things. Well, right now, I'm just um, starting to 
post things on Sparky's Torah Time on Facebook. And if they're interested in getting my teachings, which will be face-to-face online, they can email me, and I'll put them on my email list, and then I will mail them the the PowerPoints and the teaching from every week. That way, um, they can go through the tour in a whole year with me. Yes. Um, I'm on my fourth cycle through, and every time, like like God's Word, every time you cycle through it. Remember, remember when you cycle through something, that's how a, a father teaches a child. You say to him, how many times have I told you over and over and over? Um, that's the way God teaches his kids. Yes. That's the and way so, that, that's the way well, our mentality is very linear. Sometimes we go, OK, yes. we learned that we don't need to learn that anymore. But God's mentality is more circular or cyclical. That's why he has the yes, feasts and the days exactly. that repeat themselves, you know, every year. It's the same way. Right. It's getting it and over and over and over and over again. Through. So all of a sudden, each time there's a different level of revelation and sooner than later, or later than sooner, sometimes uh, you start comprehending things in a different way, and all of a sudden that light begins going off, and yes. uh, your your God smiles. He goes, "It's about time you got that." <laughs> uh huh. Well, what's fun about teaching the Hebrew language along with the Torah? It's a little bit unique um, because as they get better and better and learn the language, they're making more and more connections. Yes. And so I, I have a little book that I give all of them, and I, it's my favorite Hebrew words, and it's called Take a Word to Lunch. Uh-huh. And you take a word and you show a friend what it what it means, and then you connect it to the New Testament, and, yes. and they're like, oh, my goodness. And so you're making connections. Yes. It, it's almost like God has this nervous system, and each one of these little nerves are connecting and sparking Old Testament, New Testament. And so my my calling, and I believe, as and I'm also a heart nurse. I worked in critical care for all my career. So it's all about the heart and God's heart. And isn't it interesting that this Torah portion this week is on the book of Leviticus. Now, what do we do as Christians? <laughs> we go, oh, we Leviticus is nice. Book. We'll deal we're, with that another like, time. Oh, Thank no, you. <laughs> I'm not going to read that one. But did you know in the Hebrew culture, that is the very first book that a child is taught? My because it's the middle book of the five books of Moses, and it's where you find God's heart. Mm. So you can see as a heart nurse, I'm like, I have to know Leviticus forward and backwards. Yes. And that's where you find God's heart. Yes, I, you know, one of, there's a, a movie that was very popular years ago, and many people that are listening will know the name of this movie. It's called Back to the Future. Yes. And, uh, it's kind of like Leviticus is uh, a, a back to the future um, and uh Genesis and Exodus as well. Actually, the whole Pentateuch, actually the whole uh, Tanakh is in the Torah is back to the future. So if you can understand that, you can understand the future. But one of the things that we Christians do, we go, oh, the the Old Testament is, is nice as a reference while we're studying and teaching in the New Testament. And God's saying, no, if you want to really understand all of the New Testament and the nuances yes. therein, you have to That's really right. comprehend the things that I wrote way back then as well. There's a That's scripture right. that I use, in, I think it's in First Chronicles, these things happen unto them, for examples, unto us. So <clears throat> we really need yep. to dig into those things. So let's. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about these things. You also want to talk about Twin Towers things and coronavirus things and a final strike. I'm going to hand this over to you for the next five minutes or so in this yeah. segment and take it wherever you want. And I'll just jump in periodically. Would okay, you be so kind, good. Rebecca, leave us? 
Thank you. Well, you know, you advertise that movie, No Safe Spaces, and um, I, when I teach, I always talk about in the world today, we see what I call the mocking spirit. And the mocking spirit um, in the Bible, it says, break the arm of the strong man, call him to an accounting. And God says, I won't be mocked. Now, anytime God is about to do something high and holy, you'll find a mocker. There was mockers. Joseph's brothers mocked him. David, as the youngest of his family, was mocked. Jesus at the cross was mocked. Christians today are being mocked. Jews are mocked and made fun of. And it's a spiritual battle. And it's a battle of words. And um, anytime, my phone's beeping, I hope it doesn't go out on me. Um, Anytime there's a war of words, you find separation. And so I was so grieved over what I was seeing, counseling a lot of women in the church. Marriages were falling apart right and left. And right about the time of the Twin Towers, I sat there, and when the planes hit the towers, it's like God said to me, that's the man and woman of the home. And the plane represents the first tower, the man of the house. And it represents the first strike, which was selfishness and resentment. And the second plane hit the second tower, and it was against the woman. And she had a gut punch, and her heart ripped out, and it was disappointment and bitterness. And you saw all those people that day, the children of the, of the marriage full of ashes, <laughs> full of ashes and wow. bleeding. And so that was just, you know, New York. But that was strike one. It it was seen. Everybody saw it. Strike two is this virus. And it's not just against New York. Now it's against our whole country. A divided country, like marriages were. Our country's divided. And it's another strike, except this one's unseen. And did you notice it's covering everybody's mouths with masks? Oh, my, yes. It's so symbolic of, of the war of words. You see, words wound. And words can bring life, or they can bring death. Now, it's interesting. The word for word in Hebrew is devar. Devar means to speak or to say. And it also means dever, which means pestilence or plague. So our words mean, it also means a, a honeybee. Now, think about it. A bee can either sting or it can be sweet. And it can sustain you, right? Yes. So our words matter. Our words bring life or they bring death. It's the power of the tongue. So look at our world today. The two governing bodies, the Democrats and Republicans, <laughs> a war of words. And, and our whole country now is walking around. The whole world is walking around with their mouths covered. And I'm like, it's, it's a different kind of virus. It's unseen. It's separating people. It's creating confusion, distrust, mocking. It's now not just the home, the husband and wife and kids, but it's our homeland. Oh, my. You are so right. And it's starting at the borders. And look at the first one hit New York, the apple, the big apple. Well, the big apple, we are the apple of God's eye. My, my, my. 
and we're a nation that's supposed to be a Judeo-Christian nation, and it's starting in the Big Apple. Okay, now it's also hitting Los Angeles, the entertainment capital. Oh, my, my. And I'm like, we're, we're entertainment junkies. Tomorrow we're having this big entertainment festival, and it's good. Yes, they're going to raise money. But I'm like, we are so over-entertained. Oh, my. That's so Not true. just in the world, but even in the churches sometimes. Yes, yes. Hold that thought. Okay. Hold that thought, because we're going to yes. have to go through and do to a break. We're going to bring... Uh, closure and in, in this idea, and we're going to give you some uh, insights that you need to take with you in the midst of this virus, viral challenge, but also to empower you for God's future through you, through your life and lifestyle. So yeah. I'm so honored to have Rebecca leave us with me. Uh, the tour time and when we go on the break I'm going to have you plug in your phone <laughs> and call I us know. back if you need to but uh, we're going to continue this on the other side of the commercial break when Rebecca Levis and I come right back more come together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next FM 106.1 and AM 1210 K Praise. now more of come together San Diego the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And I'm back. Glad you're still with us, my friends. I hope you're getting uh, your appetite wet uh, because uh, you're getting a feast today with my co-host, Rebecca Levis. And uh, she manages Sparky's Torah Time, or also called The Torah Time. And you can actually go on Facebook and put that into your search engine. I guess it's... Uh, Rebecca, S P A R K Y apostrophe S. Uh huh. Torah time, and uh, then go when you're hungry, so you can get fed. Yes. <laughs> I had an opportunity to check out one of her uh, recent teachings, and I go because she speaks. She's on camera some, and then she goes to these slides, and these slides are deep, deep stuff. So you, you, you're going to really appreciate this if you love to dig into the word seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I say we as Christians sometimes go through the Old Testament like a bulldozer. You know, the quicker we can get through it, the better. <laughs> and, and, and the Jewish people go through it with like a, a hand trowel. They take each word and take it apart and, and ruminate on each word and how does it affect the next word. And like like your guest before me said, um, it, it has 70 faces. Now think about that. That's like a diamond. You just keep turning it around and it's just got all this beauty. And you, when you're done, you're just like, I just need to walk around the kitchen with my head in my hands. This is just <laughs> so beautiful, Lord. Yes. It's the greatest gift that God has given me at this point in my life. Billy Graham said he had one regret, so I paid attention because I I used to teach Hebrew evangelism. And so I thought, okay, what is Billy Graham's regret? He said, I never learned Hebrew. And I went, that's it. I'm learning Hebrew. So 11 years ago, that's when I started. Oh, my. I have to admit. Can I just share real quick with, with the audience? A good place to start is a website called Hebrew and then number four. Christians.com. You will find everything on that site to connect Old Testament to your Bible. And that's where I started. You can le- learn your letters on there, etc. Uh, I am going to be teaching an online class uh, with beginning Hebrew. It's, it's going to be on um, 
North Coast Calvary Chapel's uh, website under the Women's Ministry. It's going to be Tuesdays uh, from 9.30 to 11.30. You can join me online and, and jump right in. Oh, I love it. And my friend, you, you don't know what you're missing until you understand uh, God's mentality of communicating with you. And he he's a teacher, so re- he uses redundancy, but it's not boring redundancy. No, it's each, not. each time you go around this mountain up to the next level of, of intimacy, you get different nuggets along the way. And while you learn something the first time around as you're ascending this mountain, or you call them switchbacks, sometimes you go mm-hmm. to the mountain, you go, uh, this is this switchback is not, it's kind of the same as what I heard before, but there's different nuggets and there's, you know, the, the tree lines are different and the yes. wildlife is different and the whole nuances yeah. behind it are amazing and different nonetheless. And I, I suspect when you, was this a dream or a vision that you had about the, the Twin Towers and the coronavirus and the final strike? Was that a, a dream or a it, vision? It was, not a, it was not a dream. When something tragic happens, I always run and grab a notebook yes. and write down the words that are being used. Yes. Because things that are going on in the unseen spiritual world manifest in the physical. Yes. And that's exactly the word became flesh. It manifested so we could see it. Yes. And that's that's what Jesus came to do. The Torah stood right in front of them. Yes. He, He was the fulfillment of everything they were looking for. They were looking for a Messiah to raise the dead, to heal the sick. But but they were so threatened by his popularity and power. Yes, yes. let me let me they, let they me just jump in here. Just let me just jump in here for one second because you need to. There's a revelation being presented to you, my listening friend, and that is, you know, you you visit the parables of the of the Lord, you visit the Gospels of the Lord, you visit the Old Testament, and you go, okay, I read that, I know that now, and you go on to that, and so everything is burgeoning with more meaning, and the, the things that happen in the earth and the natural have spiritual implications, and. Yes. Uh, the spiritual implications have natural implications. They works both ways. And when mm-hmm. when when Rebecca saw the twin towers situation happen, it tragic, and the coronavirus tragic. But she can extrapolate uh, things that God wants to share with us as a result of that. So when you yeah. embrace Jesus to more fully embrace Him, you have to understand that He's a Hebrew. Uh, not a Gentile, and when you start getting into his language and his lifestyle and the way that he spoke and thought and lived, it changes the whole dynamic of Christianity. I'm going to hand the baton off to you here, uh, Rebecca Levis, because we've got maybe four or five minutes, and I want you to have freedom to close this any way that you want. And I'll just jump in near the end. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, the world right now is looking for hope. And um, I love that word in Hebrew. It's kavah. And their their national anthem of Israel, matter of fact, is called Hatikva. The word is tucked in there. The beauty of the word hope is that it also means plumb line. Now think about it. Here's Jesus hanging on the cross. The plumb line is his justice and righteousness. His arms are open wide for mercy and grace. And his heart is pounding in the center just for you. And that's how I see the cross. I see it a perfect reflection of all his beauty and character. So as we approach this coming season of Passover and Easter, um, think about Jesus as the Lamb of God hanging there, total justice and righteousness with arms spread wide. And remember that he came to give us hope. And isn't it interesting that the two ships that are being sent 
to both oh. coasts, New York. Yes, yes, yes. And Mercy. Mercy and Hope. Hope. (laughs) And it's white and it's got red crosses. And I'm like, Lord, this is such a picture manifesting in the physical of what is going on behind the scenes in the spirit world. And in the end, it's a victory. Christians know in the end it's a victory. This may be the last dragnet we're fishermen. You know, we have loved ones who don't know Jesus, and we've been holding back. We've been like, oh, yeah, la, 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 down the river, nice boat. There's a waterfall. Oh, my. And, and they're, they're, the, the partying is over. The entertainment is over. This is serious. And if there was ever a time when God was going to do the last dragnet, it's, it's getting close. We don't know when the next strike is. And we don't know how long any of us have. I could be dead tomorrow, so could you. And as a nurse, this is, this is, how, this is what I know. When people get close to death, they become soft. I've taken care of people who've been military people, just foul-mouthed, and I prayed and I talk about Jesus. Well, after a while, they, they soften. Their hearts become tender, and suddenly they're asking you questions, and they're saying, what must I do to be saved? And that's when you step in and you say, I have words of life. Jesus died so you didn't have to. You put your trust in him. He's the one who loves you. He came, He knows you inside and out. He knows every hair in your head. He knows every breath you take. What is this all about? Ventilators. I'm like, oh, my goodness, Lord. You know, you breathed breath into us when you made us. Yes, and now yes. we're all gasping, wanting ventilators. I'm like, Jesus, this is a picture of the world right now. They need you. They need your Holy Spirit, your Ruach HaKodesh, to come and fill them with new power and new life. That's what Jesus came to do. My, my, that's exactly right. Rebecca Leva, so thank you so much for joining me. We're near the end of the second hour, so we have to get ready to say goodbye to our friends. Well, it's been a remarkable two hours. <clears throat> my friends, you've, had, you've been baptized in Hebrew uh, in, in many ways from the first hour and the second hour. Now it's time to not only get baptized in it, but learn to swim in it. <laughs> so, Rebecca, thank you for, for joining me. You need to come back <clears throat> periodically and give some uh, insights from a Hebrew perspective as well. My listening friend, I hope you're thrilled with the the couple hours that we spent together. It gives you a greater appreciation for God's Word, Old Testament, and New, because God wants you to take those as uh, your weapons, but many times you need to look at them not as weapons of injury, but uh, more like scalpels to do an operation of, 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 right. of God into into people's hearts and lives. So, Rebecca mm-hmm. Levis, I'm just really honored to have you join Thank me. You. And, it's uh, been my pleasure. Sparky's tonight. Torah time. And yep. Love that. And discover uh, Jewish roots of the Christian faith and uh, Hebrew language classes. Uh, Facebook, put in Sparky's Torah Time, and you will find out more about this remarkable lady. My listening friend, we're at the close of the show, but you need to know that God loves you, and he's given you tools to understand him more. It's called his Bible. It's called his Hebrew insights and feasts and festivals and different time frames. He's got big plans for you. Dive on in. And I think uh, Rebecca, Levis, and Kaz both together said, A- Man. Shalom Aleichem. <laughs> Thanks, my friends. See you next week. Thanks. 
Thanks for joining Chaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise.